Stay tuned till the end of the episode for an interesting opportunity. Would you like to take over The Rebel Entrepreneur? Warning, in this episode of The Rebel Entrepreneur, there is swearing. But there is also stories of how to start a business for free, how to get going quickly, and how to build a donation-based business. This is going to be a fascinating episode. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur, and I'm very excited about this episode. I have with me today Kai Angelette. Welcome to the show, Kai. Hi, thank you very much for having me. And I met Kai this week. I'm in Berlin. Katie and I have gone back to being nomadic around the world, and I'm in Berlin, and we did a tour, which was called the Rude Bastards Tour, which my wife booked And we met Kai and he guided us around Berlin, told us a lot of rude jokes and a lot of information. And then one of the things I found out was Kai actually started his business with just 170 euros. And the whole purpose of this podcast is how can you build a business without going into debt? Well, (laughs) so to just start off, I mean, the idea of not getting into debt, I started the tour with hope and a little bit of money, and something that I already had in my pocket, uh, to say it in this case. Well, this is interesting because my business partner, Simon, says all you need is hope and a customer. Uh, And if you've got those two things, you can make progress. So it's interesting you start with hope. Absolutely. I mean, you have to believe in what it is that you're doing, right? And as far as finding the clients, well, I worked in a hostel, Right. So it all started in, in a sense where I worked for this hostel in Belgium for two years and I was the maintenance guy before I left. So I left from New York, I left from Brooklyn into Bruges, right? <laughs> That's a bit of a change. Yeah, well, it was the double B's, right? Now I live in Berlin. So it's apparently <laughs> I live in cities with B's. Are you going to come to Basingstoke in Hampshire next? Uh, well, if I'm invited. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went into the city and, um, I was a backpacker. I was supposed to travel for four months and I met this this uh, family that owned a hostel in Bruges. They invited me to come back for Christmas. And oh, wow. so my original destination was supposed to be Barcelona. So my last name comes from Catalonia. And so I was like, yeah, well, let me go to where my heritage is. And they convinced me to stay. They're like, we'll give you a job, this and that, whatever. And so I stayed. And I started doing maintenance work. I, I used to be a mechanic. I worked for a moving company and I worked my hands prior to doing what I do today. So I did maintenance. I got bored at night and I started creating these activities for the hostel. And um, so I started doing beer tasting and then I started doing... So if you know the movie In Bruges, I started doing the In Bruges movie tour. <laughs> <laughs> so where did that idea come from? Because you're doing the maintenance, you're working away. Most people don't go, I know what, I'm going to invent a tour in the evening. Like, how does that happen, Kai? I mean, I got bored. You know, like, I got bored. So the source of it is boredom. And, you know, as as you've met me a couple of times, you see how shy I am. And so, you know, I wanted to meet people. I was out there. I'm like, all right, well, and, you know, all backpackers want to meet other backpackers. And so for me, since I'm meeting everybody, why not do something for everyone? That would be fun for them and, and of course, for me, do something different. 
And so that was where my mindset, and of course, asking the, um, the owners is, you know, can I do this? Is this okay? It was like, yeah, well, of course, it's going to create more momentum, right? And um, I so. think that what you've just said is you did something for other people. Yeah, that and was one of the things we talk about all the time is the way to get wealthy is in the servitude or helping or supporting other people. If you give, the more you give, the more that comes back to you. And it's incredible how that works. Well, I mean, when I was, uh, so I graduated high school early and, and university early and I studied business. Uh, I took a lot of business courses and I remember one guy, he was uh, my mentor. He he'd mentioned, you're not, you're not going to get rich from serving your family and friends, you know? And so that kind of stuck to me in saying, all right, well, how do I think outside the box? But serving people has been, I mean, has been better than money at this point where people acknowledge the type of work that you do. And, and I've always seen that, you know, you don't look at what the money's about. You just follow your goal and, and everything else comes with it in the end, as in hope at least, <laughs> right? But anyway, yeah, so I was serving, you know, so I was serving these people doing this beer tasting and then this guy, Gio, he's American, he's a photographer, he's from Alaska originally. And uh, so I met him and he was like, oh, this is a really good concept, I like what you're doing. And so he did all my flyers for the hospital. Did he? Yeah, so he did all these really sick flyers. And that's what really started attracting people in the hostel. And uh, so I created this tour based on the movie because when I moved in Bruges, the movie was about... Seven months later was when they stopped filming it, was when I arrived. So, oh, it was wow. just finished. So, it's fresh. Film. Yeah, yeah. Still fresh in everyone's mind. And um, so, I made it on the concept of the movie. And to kind of just make a long story short, so that's how it all started. The hostel, the family screwed me over. Today, we've gotten back together and we're all good. But, you know, 13 years ago, they screwed me over and I was like, well, forget this. And I started soliciting to all the other hostels in the city and saying, all right, look, if you promote my tour, it's a donation-based tour, I'll give you, you know, commission on it. And so, when I did this, I was with, a, with my girlfriend at the time and I had nowhere to go because I was staying with that hostel owner, with the hostel owners. And so, I was living with her and I had 170 euros in my pocket and I said, shit, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, do, I really don't know what I'm going to do. So, I had all the flyers, had all the posters. And I went to a print shop. I spent 90 euros. She spent 90 of the I 170. Spent at, at 170 euros. I swear <laughs> to God, man. So I spent 90 out of the 170. And I was like, you know, I went to all the hostels. I said, well, what time do you, what slot do you want? This is what you're going to post. You can sell it to all the people. And, and then I had, you know, this amount of money left. I was telling my girlfriend, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and within two weeks, I started getting clients. And in one year, it became the hit. And so, I was making money. I was actually making money. And then I started doing a beer tasting with the other locations. And it, within a year and a half was the thing to do in Bruges, especially for backpackers in this case. And then that was the beginning of kind of a 10-year run of expansion and headaches and, <laughs> and, and everything that you experience when you're starting up a business and, and doing things you don't know. You're just going at will in this case. So I think there's two things I'd love to highlight for the audience from what you said. Number one is you just did it. You took out the posters, you took out the flyers, you went out on the streets and talked mode. to people. It's survival mode. That's all it is. And sometimes you have to get to that point to force you to take the action. And actually what I want to say to everyone listening is don't wait for 
just having 170 euros to force you to take action, do it before that situation comes. It's not ideal. No, <laughs> not. But it is motivating. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to sometimes be put in that corner that you don't want to be in. That's when fear is no longer part of the op. There's no fear involved in this case. You're just doing. Because you have to. You have to. Which is interesting. Comfort, and we say this regularly at the courses, comfort is the enemy of achievement. If you're comfortable, no, no, no. That's If I can say anything in this case, and what I've learned in these last 10 years, and I'm still learning, is the moment I know I feel comfortable is there's a problem. Well, there's something coming to get you. Yeah. Uh, there's something. I know the universe has a way of sending something yeah. to go. You're a little too comfortable, Donegan. You're a little <laughs> too comfortable. Here you go. Deal with that. That's right. And it's interesting. Success is not a lack of problems. Success is how you deal with the flow of problems that the universe, the world, whatever you want to call it, sends to you. Right. I mean, so from that transition to, to kind of go forward with what you're saying, so I did take business in, in uni, but being involved in business, I mean, at the time I was working for myself. And then the point in which you start having other people involved is where things start bit by bit, like a snowball effect just starts getting more complicated in certain aspects. Like I didn't know, and I'm still learning, I should have had a website from the start. Which we I should have built a mailing list. Should should have should have. Would have should have could have. Yeah. I should have done all the above. But these are things I learned later once I got competition. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. And so, well, if they see a good idea, of course, it's always going to get copied. Yeah, it's always. the sincerest form of flattery. Well, yes, if you know how to, you have to. If you see it coming, you got to start then feeling like you're at that corner again, and so. You know, I, I didn't get that because I was cocky. You know, I'm the only one. Uh, no one's going to get better than me. And that was, that was exactly where problems started. It was me thinking, I, you know, I was, I was 25 and, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I've got this. And, and that was, yeah, that was really the stupidest thing I could have done. But business ran, right? Like business ran. And then I, I started expanding to other cities. And the moment I started expanding is when I started taking less care of, of your main of my where the money was coming from. And that kind of progressed in each city I went to, and then some cities got better and and some stayed as as it was. But I think the biggest mistake I could have made out of all this was I should have found a, a mentor to help me maintain what I was doing, you know, looking back at it. And so you know, I hit a, I hit a peak. It was like, yeah, this is great. Things are working out awesome. But, you know, I wasn't responsible money. I was, you know, using money for other things, other things other than trying to establish the business better. All right. And so you had fun. I had fun. Which that's generally that, that, all what those words, all those, all those words, man, I had fun. <laughs> Well, that's what happens. People go, oh, my business has made five grand. My business has made 10 grand. What shall I do? Holiday. Uh, and it's really interesting. And you do need to celebrate success. Yeah. But there is a certain level of consolidation. <laughs> yes. And setting up that business. So let's just, where did you get to at the peak of this? What was the peak of your business? Where did so, you get to? I was at my peak when, as a matter of fact, at the time when I met my wife, well, my now wife. Is this correlated? 
Well, no, because uh, of course, <laughs> of course it's not. Uh, no, so she, you know, the reason why I can give, because my timeline sucks. Those years, um, again, they were fun times. So <laughs> my memory is not as, as good. But when we met was when a lot of transitions as far as like where I'm moving, what we're going to be doing, stuff like that. So we've been together just over eight years. So yeah, I figure... 2012, give or take, was when we were making decisions. All right, look, what are we going to do? And so at that point, business was at its best. I had my best leadership there. So everyone helping run was doing their job. And so the moment I left, I started, I was going to start doing tours in Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican and my father was living there and my dad basically sold it to me. He's like, oh, you know, it's a port city and I just didn't do enough research, which in the end, I ended up spending a shitload of money and not really getting anywhere. Which is interesting because that's kind of the opposite of what you did with the Bruges thing. Mm -hmm. With the Bruges thing, you just handed out the flyers and started with no cash. And then I had money. and You had money. So then I've got money. I should spend money, which is like this happened to all of us. Yeah, but I didn't do my research. That was my fault. I should have, again, I should have spoken with somebody that really knew how to attack, and I, I mean attack, but really aggressively go forward and see how, okay, if you want to make this work, these are the things you need to do. And again, finding somebody that can help me do that, which I didn't do. So how many countries were you in at this point? How many at tour this point, operators did you have? It was just Belgium and Puerto Rico. So Belgium I had in two cities, and then Puerto Rico was me starting on my own. But Belgium was making enough money where I was able to do this. To support everything. And then I got back after six months, I expanded to Cologne in Germany. And so I had investors, because I've lost money, I had investors come in and pay for the starting of it. And today it's been working out good. But again, I didn't ask enough questions to people that knew the business well, you know, like I just didn't do the right thing. And that that was when things started then going back, started plateauing, I started getting competition. And emotion too, man. You know, it was like, this is my baby. How can you copy me? And blah, blah, blah. And and I think a lot of that is a a sense of immaturity. I just should have kept it professional and not focus on what others are doing. I should focus on what I should be doing and helping myself, not focusing on others. I love that message because I had exactly the same thing. The pop-up business school, that's the name of my business. And I remember... I don't know if you've ever done this. You can set up a Google alert so that if anywhere on the web mentions your name or your business name, you get an email. I didn't know this. It's awesome. Well, now see, now I know. This is useful. (laughs) Uh, So you set up the Google alert, you get an email when you're in the press or something happens or whatever. And I got this message through saying, oh, pop-up business school is launching in Scotland. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I've not sold anything in Scotland. What's going on here? And you click through and you find out, oh, someone else has decided to run a pop-up business school. They've stolen my name. They've launched a thing in Scotland. And then you have that choice. And I I did exactly what you did for about three days. I was angry. Uh, It was like, they're copying me. You get annoyed. Typical uh, reaction, I think. And uh, then I kind of chilled out a little bit, calmed down. I started to more logically think 
what do I do? Do I contact them? Do I hire a solicitor and send them a letter? A lawyer, sorry, right. in America. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Right. <laughs> it's understood. We still, we still speak the same language. It's all right. Sometimes I worry. I have my wife translate for me when we're in America. It makes things much better. Katie's amazing. That's why you guys understand us better. It's, it's all right. Well, we have your TV, so uh, <laughs> yeah. we have to learn. Yeah, fair enough. And then actually the really fascinating part was... If you hear of an event, where's the first place you go to search for it? What, what do you mean? Like the city or your Let, name? Let's say or? you hear of an event. You yeah. hear that there's a pop-up business school. or You hear that there's a, a rude whatever tour in right. the city. Where's the first place people go to find out about it? Google. Yes. Yeah. Number one, Google. Yeah. And if they typed pop-up business school into Google, what came up? Your name. My website. Yeah. So it was really interesting. I had a bump of traffic to my website in Scotland. Ah, so that actually helped he, you. It helped me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we landed our first bit of business in Scotland after that. And I'm pretty sure it came through his promotion. Ah. So it's really fascinating. Interesting. My current theory on this is the best defense is not necessarily the intellectual property defense. Yeah. It's being top of Google for your name. Right. So that if anyone Googles that thing, they only find you. Right. That, for me, has been the best defense. Because you really type pop-up business school in with the first 100 results. Yeah. You yeah. type my name in, apart from one really annoying one on page one, I am the first, like, five pages. Yeah. 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 So I feel that's the best defense for that stuff. In this case, yeah, that's true. The only problem on my side, uh, so, like, the company's called Can You Handle It Tours? Yes. Right? And so... Every city, in essence, are themed tours. And so most of the tours that we up, that we run are free tours, right? Donation-based tours. Which we do need to come back to that. So we'll put yeah. a pin in donations and we'll come back to that. And so in that being said, there's so many now, I mean, this industry, as far as free tours are concerned, are, it's all over the world at this point. So like when you look up free tour Berlin, right? So since you did a tour here, just to give an example, free tour Berlin, I'm not going to be at the top, but... We, we do have free tour outside of Rude Bastards Tour Berlin and it's a donation-based tour. But, you know, we have – we're not going to always be the first one on top because there's so many other businesses that have been there before us. Well, it's interesting. I've just Googled free tour Berlin. The top four are adverts on Google. So these are people Paid. paying to give away tours, yeah. which I know the audience is going to be going, how does that work? That? Yeah. How do you pay to give away stuff? It's really interesting. And we'll come back to that. Then there's free tours in Berlin, Germany from freetour.com. And then there's actually new Euro tours. They're the biggest. Original Berlin tours, free tours by foot. Like there's loads of them. And then there's a few on the map, which actually that's the map. The map is what gets is the us. easiest place to win business. Yeah. Uh, especially if people are staying in, in Mitte, which is, you know, where we're starting. Find the closest tour near us. Then, you know, you'll see. There, there you it are. is. There it is. Yeah. There you are. So you are... Probably seven, One, eight. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Ninth. Yeah. So you're ninth on the list, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. The thing of Berlin is, right, so all the other cities, there are not so many free tours, right? Like we're the first ones in most of the cities. So that's how we get traffic easily. But people like the title of this tour, which is the biggest attraction, really, you know, catching eye. You know, yes. What, the, what is this tour? What, you know, what is it all about? And um, I think that the success, you know, it's the product, 
right? What catches the eye? And that's something that I've been doing these last 10 years is I've been either the first free tour in every city or have done something alternative, alternative different. or different, yeah. right? Catching the eye of the, of the consumer. And so, you know, Berlin, which is, it's only a year old, which is why it's crazy that it's been so busy. So just to really quickly give you the, the story of how we started it here. The guy who I went in, in uh, business with from New Zealand, right? And he was the, I mean, his, he had the worst mouth <laughs> ever, right? Like, I mean, I was just like, wow, how do you even say this shit, man? And so, but he, uh, so he had, um, uh, was it Ausburgers? How do you, what's it? Asperger's. Asperger's, yeah. thank you. And um, so he's super smart. I mean, really intelligent. He knew his shit, but just how vulgar he was. And I was telling him, look, we can start a tour together because he worked for another tour company. And I said, look, we can start doing something together, but there's, how are we going to catch attention to the people? There's so many other tours in the city. And so we started bullshitting and this and that. And I was like, dude, man, I don't know how you can speak to people. You're such a rude bastard. He's like, oh, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. Right. You know, but all the tours that I would do in all the other cities, yeah, we have kids on them and whatever. Yeah. I was always alternative, but was never able to just be original, fun, and just me. And that goes for all the guides, just not for myself. And yeah, so we threw that idea out there. And then within six months, we started getting traffic. Then the, you know, the pandemic hit, but we were, we were busy for winter. And we were like, oh man, this summer's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? After all this, we still have a solid summer and it's still going okay, even with everything that's going on. Which that tells you the strength of the brand you've created. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But I mean, these things are not easy. The brand is not easy to come up with. You, you know, you have to, it's so easy to have a product, but how are you going to make it better than everyone else? And that's the hardest part. What is going to make yours different than everybody's? And, um, I think that's a question that everyone who is starting a business has to think about. Because it doesn't have to be unique. Because there are lots of other tours, there are lots of other people that have comedy in their tours. Yeah. It doesn't have to be unique, but it does have to have an edge that makes it different enough that the consumer goes, that's interesting. What is that? What is, what that? is that? Well, Katie booked your tour. She saw your tour and was like, this sounds cool. Mm. Let's do that. <laughs> and she probably knows me quite well. Uh, and we came on the tour. It was fantastic. Mm, thank but you. It got our attention. Yeah. So let's actually do donations now, because I'm yeah. sure we're all thinking, you give away tours. How do you make money? Well, so we have different platforms. So as far as our website, if you go through our website directly, most people are aware when they book a free tour or donation-based tour, they're aware that it's give what you feel it's worth type of tour. Yes. And that being said, it's performance-based, right? Like how much of your soul are you going to give on this tour, right? But for Airbnb, for example, or for... Uh, so Airbnb experiences brings traffic. Brings traffic. Yeah, they've been a big contributor for us, especially since uh, things have reopened after the pandemic. 
Well, they're actually a very smart business because very I've smart. rented. We are in an Airbnb right now. Yeah. And before I arrive, they send me an email saying, here's all the cool stuff you can yeah. do in Berlin whilst you're there. Yeah. So they know where people are staying and then they promote products for that local area. So they're actually a very smart business. Yes, they actually contacted me. Uh, Did they? Right before they were going to be opening. They're like, look, we're looking for... Because Airbnb, as you said, they're, they're smart, man. They do their research. They say, all right, well, look, these are all typical tours, but what, what is, uh, this looks cool. This is interesting. Or This is different. Yeah, this, this is, is different. So they called me and, and because I did try to do an experience before the pandemic. And to be fair, it was a pain in the ass to have them accept your, um, so you have to, you have to write in a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, like, what is this about? What are you doing? And you have to send in certain kind of photos, you know, so it wasn't the easiest process for them to make it live. And because Airbnb crashed throughout this pandemic, you know, they were looking for other ways, like, all right, well, we have to boost this experience thing. There's a whole thing, um, especially in the news. In any event, they pushed this product to be done. And then the moment that it started, we started getting traffic right away. And then you have Viator uh, via TripAdvisor, which is also... UK is really big on TripAdvisor. And so those are our networks that we use to to create traffic for us. But those two networks... Do they charge, charge you per customer? They charge you per customer. So it's like a... I believe it's a three euro fee per person or something like that, which a percentage goes to the... Yeah, the uh, Airbnb or TripAdvisor. And then a, a small percentage goes to the company. But I mean, it's like, it's very cheap. It's like two euros. And then we give the guests the option. Look, all right, you paid a deposit. But if you really enjoyed the tour, thanks for your additional donation. Well, I actually think it's very smart to take a deposit of two to three euros. Because you I'm sure it, Yeah, it improves your show up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so... You know, having those networks, Airbnb, TripAdvisor have been excellent. And then my website has been, yeah, it's been getting more and more traffic. Some people that don't want to pay the deposit will be like, oh, what's this rude bastard? And they'll book through us, which creates traffic yes. to us directly. Kind of similar in your case when you were mentioning before. But the donation, yeah, to kind of retract to that, it is a show. You know, when when myself or any of the other guides that go in there, we do our best to give 110%. And most people are more than willing to give something at the end, seeing that, wow, this is a really quick three hours we just had. And we got oh, to see it this flew thing. by. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you have that feeling, we did our job. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, it's the same I say in movies. The determination of whether it was a good movie or not is how long did it feel like you were in the cinema? Oh, it's over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want more. Give me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is really fascinating because actually, so one of the elements we like to talk about on this podcast is the real specifics. Yeah. Because the language you use at the end, lots of people feel uncomfortable asking for stuff. Hmm. So if I had to say at the end, uh, okay, please, can you give me a donation? Yo, of... run your pockets. Let me see what you got. <laughs> Show me the cash. Um, that feels awkward, especially for a British person. But actually, like anyone I think feels it's a awkward. General statement yeah. is true. Yeah. We seem to get awkward about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, well, you Brits are awkward, right? <laughs> what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> So, uh, how do you ask? What's the vocabulary you have found works at the end of a tour? I mean, I can give you a quick list of frustration yep. because this is a both-sided scenario where it's uncomfortable. It's not just you. It's also me. 
Now, how the, how the hell do I ask for money? And so, um, to give you kind of an idea of how I've now worded today and how I used to word it, back then, it was a bit more of a shy scenario. And yes, okay, how do I make this not awkward, right? And so, what I used to do is I used to put a hat down on the floor. And I used to have like a five-euro note taped in the hat so okay, people can so see suggested. a suggested amount without having to say it, which worked for a little while. But it started becoming frustrating when you're giving all this effort and people are leaving you shit. You know, like, how do you word it? Which is the risk. Which is the risk. Because you are taking a big risk That's right. by so offering So, I can't blame anybody. Tool. I cannot blame anyone. I have to blame myself on how, what you just said, how do I word it, right? And this took a little bit of time. And so, for me, it was to the point when I got frustrated, people were leaving me nothing. I'm like, come on, man, this is ridiculous. I've worked so hard yeah, for this. Of course, right? I mean, if you think about any job that you do and you see the paycheck at the end, whether it's a donation or like a set salary and you're like, fuck, man, I did all of this work and this is what I'm getting, of course, you're going to get frustrated. And so, in this case, I just, I remember one time it was just straight out, look, you know, I've given you this amount of time and if you can throw me a couple cents or this and that, Put it in your pocket. Obviously, you need it more than I do, right? And that, that's kind of like the first attitude that I started with. There was a less, a little uh, yeah. bit bold. And then people were like, and so that was like when people did throw me money. I'm like, shit, I should be an <laughs> asshole. I should be an asshole every time I do this, right? <laughs> and anyway, so at this point, so that was kind of like where my frustration point went. And then I started, you know, my, my team would say, well, Kai, you know, how do I suggest this? And everyone had their own ways of, because your personality is what's going to reflect on how you ask for money, right? So, like, if I'm just polite, like, angel dude, and then in the end ask for it aggressively, like, that doesn't fit my personality of the tour, right? So, like, if my guide, for example, when we started Can You Handle the Tours, we were trying to figure out an idea of the company and this girl who was helping me in Bruges, she was like complete opposite of me. And I was this aggressive, like very, you know, loud mouth. And she's like, hi, man, some people just can't handle you. I'm like, oh, that's it. You know, that's how the, <laughs> the, the company name started. Anyway, so I'm saying this example because she had a different approach on how I would. And so we all gathered together and we thought of different things. And you have to do it based on your personality is the first advice I can give in this case. As far as what I do today, because I'm usually always joking around, or sarcastic and what have you, <laughs> right? You know, it makes it easier. You know, I, I say, for example, um, well, you know, thank you very much for joining the tour. Now there's that really awkward moment that all of you run away. And, uh, and I said, you know, and I tell them, look, it's never easy to ask for money. Right? So I did figure out a way on how we can make this as comfortable for all of us as possible. So if you do not know how donations work, it's quite simple. See, what you do is you go into your pocket, you take out 20 euros and you give me your wallet. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, if you're Which more- we all laughed at that point. <laughs> Everyone laughs. So, you know, that, 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 that's one way to approach it to kind of ease it up. Some people can go on more of a serious sense like, well, well, look, what is this tour worth to you? You know, if you want to give me five euros, thank you very much. If you give me 10 euros, I'll give you a hug. If you give me 20 euros, I'll go to your house, whatever. So, include some humor and energy. You have to, you know, anything that is uncomfortable, if as the presenter can make it as comfortable as possible, it will be comfortable for everyone else. And, you know, I think it's all about the person that is is presenting the, the final scenario. Like, if I am visibly awkward, people are going to be just as awkward. Will you feel it? Ah, for sure. Awkwardness transmits, humor transmits, the other person feels whatever emotion you're feeling. Absolutely. 
So, you know, in this case, you just really try to maintain the same type of structure you have done throughout the entire presentation. And so wording, you know, I don't say give me tips, give me donation. Donation just sounds nicer, you know, like it's you wanting to give something, not you. Tip is more like you have to leave this. In You've this also case. very subtly told us the amount to give as well. Because yeah. you said, take oh, the out the 20 yeah, 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 and give yeah. me your wallet. <laughs> so you put the 20 bucks mark in the thing without actually saying it. And right. That actually really helped me because I was like, I don't know how to price this. I don't know what to give. Right. Oh, he said 20. Perfect. That sorts it out. There you go. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And I felt comfortable giving it that. It is a subliminal. We had a fantastic um, time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, um, again, this is. There's no pressure, right? Like this is to these are people that give what you want and and we appreciate it, period. And the other thing that helps is the reviews. You know, if you leave a positive review, again, creates traffic. Word of mouth. This, you know, all these little knickknacks that create momentum is is so important for any type of business. Talking to people, opening your mouth and saying something to somebody about whatever, you know, you found out on how I started my business based on a really simple question. I don't remember exactly how it was approached. I don't know if it was Katie that asked or... And so, you know, these little questions, I ask questions all the time, right? And so, that is what helps me with my tours, for example. Well, it's interesting because one of the statements I repeat is the quickest way to be interesting is to be interested. Yes. Uh, yes. So if you start with questions, I mean, you're running a tour, but you still ask about the people before you even start, which I love. No, it's, I, I, I'm generally interested. You know, that's, it's not. You don't have to work at it. You are a curious person. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing because when we decide we stop learning, we are dead. Um, and you know, if you are open to learning one new thing a day, at least usually that's by asking a question, whether it's internally and you have to research it or asking somebody that's in the profession or asking Google or yeah. asking, you can ask anyone All the above. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to have that general interest. I think that's important. Well, that's an interesting one. Can curiosity be created? Uh, I think the best thing. Okay. Fair question. I think that it can be created if exercised because if you are, let's say, a little bit antisocial, for example, and you're trying to learn how to be able to talk to others, generally the person we speak to the most in our lives are ourselves, right? And so what are you interested in as your own person? And generally the best thing to do is look at people that are doing kind of like what you're doing or like what you like and... And that's an easy way of saying hello and kind of seeing what else they're interested in. And there's nothing easy about leaving your comfort zone. You just have to do it. And when you start getting good at it, interest is automatic and you don't even realize it. I love that. Yes, because leaving your comfort zone, the first time you ask the question, the first time you approach a stranger, the first time you ask for money. First time is always weird. <laughs> the first time is always weird. Are we still talking about business? I hope uh, so. Yes. The first time is always weird, but you get past it and then you go, actually, this works if I say it this way, if I do this thing. Right. Yeah. And you learn ways to make it comfortable. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, this is not that weird. This is fun. Yeah. And actually... What I have discovered is your success in life is directly related to the number of awkward moments you can get through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in, um, so the guy, my mentor, when I was 
from 18 to 20, uh, I was doing an online business and I was also quite unsuccessful with meeting women. Right. And, um, he's like, dude, it's the same thing as business. You know, you'll eventually be able to hang out with one of these girls, but you have to ask at least 10 to at least get one's number. <laughs> right. And it's the same thing when it comes down to business. Don't expect that everyone's going to want whatever it is that you're offering. And if you're that discouraged after one person, you have to reanalyze your mindset because any person that is successful, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I speak for myself in a sense, I'm not that successful, but I've maintained a decent life and, and working on making it better. But you have to mess up a lot in order to, <laughs> you know, you just, life is messing. We're human. We're going to mess up. And as long as you learn, I mean, this is a repetitive statement. As long as you learn from your mistakes, it's only going to get better. But if you, if you keep doing it, what is it? Insanity, right? Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a super, uh, different result. So do a different, do a different <laughs> thing, man. That's it. That's simple. Keep trying different stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where's next for Can You Handle It tools? Where are you going, Kai? What are you doing with this business? So the idea is, uh, so Rude Bastards, this specific themed tour is what we're looking to expand. And so kind of giving the options of clients to have more traditional but alternative tours and then the adult tour which i found you know when, when we started this tour we thought it was going to be the, the target market that we assumed it was going to be was between 18 and 27 uh ended up being 27 and older yeah, I would have assumed it would have been 30s, 40s who were, uh, yeah. Very, very interesting, which for us is even better because the maturity of the crowd is, it's a lot more fun. Kids are, you know, when you talk about kids, I say kids, not that, you know, that much younger, but they still don't get it. You know, 18 to 25, they're just still not there yet. But to, to expand this theme, this concept into other cities is the future so what's the model are you so let's say franchising franchising yeah. okay cool yeah. so someone who's listening to this podcast could reach out to you and say yeah. i live in london paris new york Tel Aviv, detroit whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, i want to run the rude bastard tour of x city right interesting right. and so that would be the idea uh, that is the idea and of course there are a couple other uh, legal things that we're in process doing but yeah you know from what my experience is especially with this type of business it's very difficult this is like a waitering uh, not a waitering a restaurant business right where waiters just have to constantly rehire people and train and this and that and blah 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 and, and so that is a very time consuming in any business to do so what I've noticed is if I say, hey, look, you know, you have Berlin's yours, right? You're, you're going to take over Berlin. It's yours now. I will help you. So I've become basically the mentor in this case, which again, we all need mentors. We all need somebody to kind of smack us in the head sometimes. And so I would be the one saying, all right, look, this is what's going on. This is how you have to maintain it. But the level of ambition should be that it's mine, Right. And so that, look, I'll receive a percentage, of course, in the end, but it's your business. And then you have that privilege to enjoy having your business. For me, trying to micromanage and, and manage and 
all the additional headaches. I mean, we're a small business. So, for anybody that's opening something big or relatively big that has overhead and what have you, you know, the responsibility, you got to be on top of it in whatever it is that you're doing. But that's the direction we're hoping to go to. So, you're going to expand around the world? We're, uh, hey, it's one step at a time. (laughs) One step at a time. You know, most things come unexpectedly. And so, um, you kind of have to plant that seed. And uh, if something pops up, then you jump on it. So, that's the idea. But nothing realistic is going to happen until next year. I mean, until 2021, hopefully this time 2021, so this uh, next summer, we'll have a sense of what normal is, I would hope. I hope the same with you in this case, right? Having people in front of you rather than on the computer. Well, it's been a complete change, yeah, because all pop-up business school events got cancelled, everything got wiped out globally, and then you're kind of figuring out how to go online. And my business partner, Simon, and the team, Henry and Jack, and we've started to run online events, so we're back up, we're back running. Mm. They're actually doing a mix, so they have... Currently in the UK, they have six people in the room who are sat socially distanced and we're running events with a live audience of six and an online audience of 200. Nice. Uh, And it's really interesting. So they're trying to do it where they had. And before this week, before things got worse again, you were having 20 in the room socially distanced, but it's gone backwards slightly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you try and reimagine it and you just try and bounce back and do whatever version you can. Look, this this whole pandemic is a real test to patience. We just have to be patient. You know, things will get back to normal. I mean, at least post-COVID, we'll, there will be a sense of normal. But what I, the one thing I've noticed is how people have been so impatient, especially, you know, I've been in Europe all these years, but not to bring up this stuff, but look in the States and how people are, you know, we have to consider one another. This is not a one person virus. You know, we have to be aware of our surroundings and um, to get back to normal. This is the first step, you know, just look, man, be patient. Don't worry. People will be able to go back to the holiday. People will be able to do normal work stuff, but just a little bit longer. And uh, uh, we all miss it. We all have our story one way or another. And for me, going back to work, you know, business stopped overnight for months, right? So like the tourism industry was a, was the worst hit during this madness. But uh, I'm still smiling. We're good. You're still here. I'm still here. You know, things are going all right. It's nothing too bad. So, you know, just got to stay positive. You got to keep your, you know, your head up high and talk to the right people, you know, especially when it comes down to business. I am constantly trying to find the people that doing things that where I want to be at, you know, what have they done, you know, working out. I work out when I'm super stressed. It's like, this is the best time for me to clear my mind, right? And so, I mean, I guess the best thing I can say is, you know, you have to be patient and ask the right questions have to ask the right questions. Even if you, you know, you know, if it sounds stupid, you're not stupid, you're just dumb. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing I've got comfortable with is asking what I see as a dumb question. Hmm. I now don't care. Yeah. I'm asking because I don't know. And the only way to improve, the only way to make progress is to ask that question because that's my barrier. Yeah. And I have to get over my ego of I should know and just ask. Yeah. 
That's a tough one, huh? Getting over your ego, I think. I've given up having one. Like, I am comfortable <laughs> looking like a fool. I don't care. I just ask. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, I should know that, or I don't know that, so I just won't ask. And that's when you don't make That's progress. the worst thing you could do is not ask. That's the worst thing you could do. And especially if you feel it's a foolish question, you'll never forget it. <laughs> and when someone else asks it, you'll be like, oh, I know this one. I know this one. So, no, this, the idea of being able to let that go is very important. I mean, for me as well, which is why I always ask everything. People ask me questions sometimes. I'm like, fuck, I don't know this question. I <laughs> answer this question. You know, better Google quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when I'm stomped like that and I get the answer, it's an answer I'm never going to forget. And so, if you learn one thing, that's that one thing you learned that day, right? Whether it be something as silly or as important as whatever it needs, you know, that you were asked or so on and so forth. But yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's the idea of it all. I love it. So if the, uh, the people who are listening, if they end up, where are your tours running at the moment? Just Berlin or? Currently, we are in partnership in Bruges. Everything can be accessed through Can You Handle It Tours. Uh, it's Sahit, so C-Y-H-I-T-O-U-R-S.com is the uh, website. Can You Handle It Tours. Yes. Dot com. And uh, so we operate in Berlin, in Stuttgart, in um, Cologne, and we are doing beer tastings in Antwerp. Uh, we have tours in Nottingham in the UK. Do you? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, do. I forgot to mention that to you. On the weekends, and we're doing uh, museum tours in Amsterdam. But the main areas that are very active is in Germany, just because of the situation that's going on. So... Yeah, we have, a, we have a whole bunch of things coming up, hopefully by 2021. Everything is, again, we're all on the same page. So depending on how the scenario goes with, with COVID, we'll determine on uh, how active we are going to be in this case. Yeah, and I'm super excited to see more of what you guys got going on. You know, I'm still, I was excited to be here to say the least. So uh, hearing what you guys hap have happening is really, really great. And so... When is your next conference, actually? Physical? No, no, no. Uh, we have no idea. Uh, <laughs> well, that I know. <laughs> but uh, online one. There's two on right now. Oh, there's two on uh, right now? Yeah, so there's two events. Uh, Simon, my business partner, is yeah. running one in Portsmouth. Okay. Uh, we have a fantastic trainer called Casey, Katie Coombs. Um, she's been on the podcast a few times. She's cool. running one in Brent Cross in London. So we've got two live events happening right now. Nice. And there is a whole schedule throughout the years. And so all these are different type of topics that you're focusing on. We have one primary course. So it's focus? Yep. And the primary course is how to build a business with no debt. Yeah. So we've got a two-week-long pop-up business school. That's basically the event. And the idea is, can we take you from zero to first sale within two weeks. Cool. So give us two weeks of your time and we will test your dream with you and see if it works or not. Right. And you will know by the end of that period, because day one's how to build a business with no money. Day two, sales and marketing, which yeah. you know you don't have a business unless you sell stuff. Exactly. Day three, how to build a website for free. So by day three, you'll have at least a one-page website promoting what you're doing. Day four, social media. How do you get customers to visit the website? 
Day five, tax, accounting, and the legal stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. We save it for Friday. <laughs> uh, and then it sort of rolls on to the second week, building up from there. But we cover near enough every subject you need to be able to test your idea and see if it works. Cool. Which is basically what you did in those early days. You had, okay, I've got this thing. I've got this tour. I'm going to do the Imbruge tour. And I'm going to hand out flyers. And if people buy... I've got a business. Yeah. And if they don't, we'll come up with a new idea. Yeah. Well, I, I wish I had something like that available to me when I started. I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's, so, that's the whole course. I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. And the whole course is come learn from us. You don't have to make the same mistakes as we did. Right. You can learn from our mistakes and then you can go out and make new mistakes. Teach a man a fish. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. That's uh, uh, brilliant. I, um, again, these are things that I wish I, I researched or I, I should have done more. Again, woulda, shoulda, coulda, right? But I wish you all amazing success on it. It's, I think it's such a necessary tool for entrepreneurs and people that are looking to to get started and and if i can just throw something in on this it's obviously you need to you have to desire it you have to want it without that you're not going to get anywhere well issues come up challenges come up and if you don't have that level of desire or a big enough why or enough energy you will never go through the problems that are presented to you as a new business owner. it's no fun if it's easy you have to have these obstacles. There's no question about it. If it's too easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> so true. Right? If it was that easy, everyone would have a business. And I think the second point that you really made, which I love, is how can you have the highs without having to have gone through the lows to get there? How can you have victory without failure? Yeah. How can you have fun without the other emotion? Yeah. Like you wouldn't know it was it. And you're going to have highs and lows as you start your business and get going. Yeah. I liked what you said before um, when you found out about your competition in Scotland. And uh, you see, at three days of frustration, I mean, when I've the same scenario for me, you know, it was longer than three days in certain <laughs> cases. But finding out that, you know, you have to get your head out of that negative mindset. And it's going to always, depending on the person and the personality, it's going to sidetrack you. And, and you have to, you have to always maintain yourself on the same, the forward momentum that you're in. Yeah. The quicker you can get back to a positive state where yeah. you're focused on your business, not staring at theirs going, yeah. how could they? The quicker you get back to focus, the better you will succeed. And also seeing what the hell they're doing. It's like, all right, well, oh, bastard, that's a good idea. You know, you take that and you, you start using it. Or, <laughs> all right, that sucks anyway. And I like what I'm doing. Well, those, of course, I mean, look, what I've realized is I've been too nice. And business is cutthroat, man. People are... Certain cases is not easy to be in certain cases and to maintain your cool. It's tough sometimes as far as what I've experienced in this case. Uh, have you? I think I have. Or you people in the UK or you, know, you don't say that shit. <laughs> no, I have a strategy of I go out there open hearted, 100% trying to do good yeah. and things happen and stuff happens. But... What I have discovered is if I am 100% open-hearted with positive intentions, 
the universe looks after me as I go along. I have to agree with you 100%. And I am strangely lucky. I am <laughs> strangely cared for by the world and people. And I don't know. It, it's a very strange thing. But the more defensive and negative I get, the worse stuff happens to me. Yeah. The more positive and open I am. I think the same bad stuff happens, but it kind of seems to bounce off and good stuff happens alongside it. And I just keep going. Okay. And maybe it is yeah. the negativity actually scares off the good stuff happening. It's true. I think, well, definitely I agree with you 100%. Out of anything negative that goes on, whether it be business, life, what have you, there is always something positive that comes out of it. Always, without question. And the hardest part is maintaining the positivity. That's the toughest part. And I do my best to do the same as well. I do my best to do the same. Because it does get to you occasionally, like it can or not. Well, life isn't just business. You have your personal life. You have, you know, personal being your spouse or family. You know, there's a mixture of different things that is involved in one's life. And so having a center, which is positive, is absolutely the direction to go to. And, you know, depending on the person, I feel like, you know, I stretch every morning. Some people meditate maybe every, you know, I work out five, six days a week. I eat as healthy as I can. These little things really is a, is a necessary shift for your body, yourself, right? You cannot be the person you want to be without taking care of your shell, right? Like you have to maintain a level of health and, and mental strength. And however it is, whatever that is for, for you, for me, or whomever, that is essential as well, I think, for anyone that wants to maintain and continue in business. You have to keep your mind healthy and your body healthy. See, I feel like that's a lovely closing message for the podcast. It is look after your energy and yourself because it's the only one you've got. That's it. And if you don't have that body and that energy, how could you ever build a business or look after your family or do whatever you want to all do? All the above. Yeah, all of the above. No, no. Kai, this has been so much fun. Likewise. Give us that website one more time so that people can find you if they end up in Germany or Nottingham randomly yeah. or Bruges. <laughs> yeah, if they end up there, how do they find out about you? So um, you can check out C-Y-H-I-T-O-U-R-S dot com that's can you handle it tours and uh yeah we're operating in germany belgium uk and the netherlands so uh and maybe you'll see us in other places we'll see what happens well good luck with the global expansion go <laughs> get them you. kai you've been fantastic thank you very much for having me now that was a fascinating episode with kai from can you handle it tours now i wanted to wrap up and give you what I think are the really key points I would love you to take away from this conversation with Kai. And the first is, he did something for free and asked for donations. And that is a fascinating way of doing it. He just put it out there, he made it happen, and then he asked for donations. So there is a very low-risk way of starting a business. Number two... He said that in the early days, he didn't get that many donations, that many tips. And it wasn't until he found a comfortable way to ask for the money that he actually got the money. And here's the key bit. You have to ask to get. People aren't going to think, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give that. Some of them will, but not many. 
You've got to ask. So find a way to get comfortable asking for what you want. Third thing I wanted to say to you is that he focused on giving amazing tours with energy. And I think that's the key to all businesses is what are you giving and put it out there with huge energy and serve other people. Every business helps other people. Otherwise, they wouldn't be paying you money for it. So what are you giving and focus on doing that with energy? Remember to ask for the cash as well. And the final thing, the thing that I would love you like just to take, Kai just did it. He did it. He didn't ask for permission. He didn't ask, why me? I'm just the maintenance guy at a hostel. He just put on beer tastings and he just ran a tour. He just did it. If you've ever wanted to test your idea, just do it. Just make it happen. If you have an idea, test it. Do a version. Get it out there. Launch it. Do this. Do that. Make things happen. And it is the magic of making things happen, testing those ideas that the source of your income could come from. If you never test the ideas, if you never put it out into the world, you'll never know what might happen. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. And the thing I would most love you to do, get out there and test it. So I came up with the idea the other day that I wanted to do podcast takeovers. Now, what is a podcast takeover? Well, basically where it's someone who comes in and takes over an established podcast. And so I was thinking, who would I want to take over my podcast? And I thought, maybe it's you. So what we're doing is we're going to ask if you want to take over the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast, come on, do the introduction. I'm feeling a bit nervous saying this. Do the introduction and host the podcast and interview me about a different subject. Maybe you're building a business around a certain area that you want help with. Maybe you're just interested in sales or marketing or networking or a specific area of business. Maybe you just want to chat to me about self-development or life or finances. Maybe it is you're 20 and you want to know what advice or what ideas for a 20-year-old and you want to bounce that around. Maybe it's a 30-year-old. But I was really interested to do a podcast takeover. So if you have any interest in chatting to me, if you have any interest in taking over the Rebel Entrepreneur for an episode, if you want to have some fun and chat, then maybe this is the opportunity for you. If you're interested in coming on the show and taking over the Rebel Entrepreneur, all you need to do is go to alandonegan.com forward slash podcast. Go to alandonegan.com forward slash podcast. And we've created a small form that says Rebel Entrepreneur Takeover. Fill that out with your name, your email, what you want to discuss, and the reason you're interested in taking over the podcast. And Patrick and I will get back to you and organize a time for you to take over the podcast. Should I be nervous? Everything you want is outside your comfort zone, Alan. Otherwise, you'd already have it. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.